Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have come together to hear from you. Jesus, your words are life to us. Therefore, we open ourselves up to hear what you are saying to us. Holy Spirit, this is your service. I yield to you and become an active participant in what you want to accomplish here today. Thank you for personalizing this message for life. I'm sorry, this message of life for each of us and giving us what we need both immediately and in the future. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all may be seated. Throughout the course of my life as being a believer, I have experienced supernatural breakthrough in a lot of areas, both in healing, in declaring healing, in finances, and just questions that I have, um, a lot of things that I've seen breakthrough. Now I've seen the Lord lead me supernaturally. But there's also been some areas in which he has not led me supernaturally. And of course, that's because of him. It was because of me. Um, one of those areas and area we're going to talk about today is loving others supernaturally. All right, um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now, in that time that I was telling you, if someone were to ask me, Mike, do you love everybody? Of course I do. As a matter of fact, I almost dare to ask me, do I? And then when I read these first three scriptures, I'm like, God, I'm good. None of that pertains to me. But in the upcoming scriptures, that's where the test falls in. Love suffers long in his kind. Whoa, hold on. Love does not envy. Say what? <laughs> Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Hmm. Does not behave rudely. Well, I had a reason. 
does not seek its own, why got to look out for me? Is not provoked, thinks no evil. None of the time. <laughs> does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But where there, is, there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. All right, those first three scriptures, it's like that doesn't apply to me necessarily. It's not coming to me. But when you get to those next scriptures, oh, that's coming down my street. It's turning in my driveway. It's going in my garage. And it's coming in my house. Because those are the things that, and listen, this is not me. I did not write this. <laughs> it's not me. And so I've had situations in my life where the, what God says love is was not what I was doing. And this has been in different areas. It's been at some time with people on my job. It's been moments where it has been Siblings, cousins, quote, friends, and even this beautiful woman right here. And to be honest with you, there was a time when God told me, he said, you need to love your wife supernaturally. Huh? I love my wife. Once again, we got to go back to what the scripture says. We got to go back to the quote, unquote, love chapter. If you filter everything that you're doing, and this is me, I'm talking about no one I, I'm talking about myself. If you filter what you're doing, what you all are experiencing, is that what I said? It's like, okay, we got some work to do. So my question became, okay, what do I do? How do I love supernaturally? If someone were to come up and ask me, Mike, will you pray for me? No problem. Immediately, I began to lean to the Holy Spirit. Immediately. Could you agree with me for salvation? Immediately. This ain't my job. It's my job to agree. But I'm leaning on the Holy Spirit. Is there anything else that you would like for me to say? Is there anything that you would like to, for me to do? Is there anything that I can do to assist you. But when it comes to certain areas, in this particular case, my wife asked me to do something. I ain't leaning on the Holy Spirit. I don't feel like doing that. That's not supernatural love. That's not what he's talking about. So there was a time in which I had to go back I had to say, okay, God, how do I do this? 
And in the beginning, I thought this entire message was going to be about me and my relationships. But he said, you know what? It's ain't all about you. So that's why we're in this. And it's not just how you're having a relationship with your wife, although it does apply. It's not just about having your relationship with your sons, although it applies. It's not just about having a relationship with coworkers, having relationships with other family members, having relationships with you all. It's about everyone. Because this is an area that sometimes we find ourselves not flowing in the spirit, not allowing God to love through us. Amen? First thing, in order to love supernaturally others, is we must be born again. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 13 in the New King James Version reads, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When we get born again, God himself, in the form of the Holy Spirit, dwells on the inside of us. And in that case, we're now connected to God. He dwells on the inside of us. Supernatural is on the inside of you. Salvation is on the inside of you. You now have the key to unlock everything that God has for us, God has called us to do in victory because he's dwelling on the inside. I can't do that. God says you can. Not only did God say you can, but he's living on the inside of you. Not only is he living on the inside of you, but he says, I'll help you do that which you say you can't do. He will literally put super on your natural. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. When I was in college, I was recently born again at that time. I take that back. Recently rededicated my life to God at that time. And there wasn't a whole, whole lot in the Bible that I knew but I pray about everything. And so I had a semester exam coming up. Also had church that Sunday. Semester exam is Monday. Church is Sunday. I said, God, I want to go to church, but I need to study. 
I need to look this stuff over. Now, for me, studying is not necessarily what a lot of people would call study. If I can look it over a good two times, I got it. In taking tests. That's just the way I've always been. But church was kind of all day. <laughs> it's like, but my desire, I want to go to church. Holy Spirit said, go to church. So I did. I went to church. Stayed. Came home. Went to sleep. Didn't look over anything at all. Got up the next day, went to class. <laughs> Ah, uh, I, w- I want to say there was a hundred items. I want to say there was a hundred items on, on the exam. I went through all of them. I think I answered like 12 of the ones that I knew. Went through every single one of them. The ones I knew marked, the ones I didn't, <laughs> I skipped. Got to the bottom, I was like, whoa, this thing is like jacked up. So I went back to the top again, and each one, Holy Spirit told me the answer. Each one told me the answer. I got an A. And I also got a talking to. And he told me, next time, you better set up enough time so that you can do both. But he met me where I was. So you can't tell me that he cannot equip you with every single thing that there is for you to do because he can. Not only does he, can he, he does. When the situation comes is we don't do our part. We don't lean on him. Like, God, I got this one. I know how to do this. I don't need your help. I need your help on that. But the thing about it is, is when you kind of rock back and forth, you lose confidence. God wants us to rely on him in every situation. Every situation. There is no situation in which he doesn't have an answer for. There is no situation in which he doesn't want to give you the answer for that situation. We have to listen have to listen and we have to apply those things that he's telling us to do. Amen? After we get born again, we must spend time in his word. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Very familiar scripture. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It says rightly dividing the word of truth. Why does it say rightly dividing the word of truth? Because some people look at the word, you can get the same exact scripture. Ashalita, what is this saying to you? What does this mean? My ask Vince, what is this saying to you? What does it mean? And get to totally end of the spectrum 
of what it means. Now, it may be different of how it applies to Shalita versus Vince based on where Shalita is in her life and where Vince is his life. But you still should come up with the same thing. John 3.16 should be John 3.16, everybody. But that's not always the case. That's why you study, you lean on him, and he tells you exactly what the word is saying. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, or living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. It's not only looking at the actions, but it's looking at why you did what you did. Why? I wave at Miss Janice. Hey, Miss Janice, how you doing? Miss Janice thinking, oh, that was so thoughtful. In my mind, I'm thinking, I waved at her because I don't want her to come over here and start talking. God knows the intent of which that wave came from. And although Miss Jen is like, oh, he's so nice. That little rascal. It happens. It definitely happens. There's been things that I've done in the past. My intentions were great, noble. And it came out horrible. People are looking at me like, why'd you do that? Why'd you say that? What's wrong with you? And you gotta tell me, I know what you're trying to do. It's okay. There's been other times in which I've done things, getting pats on the back, all of that stuff. The Holy Spirit said, you need to repent. Because <laughs> you didn't do that with the right motives. Psalm chapter 19, verse, verse 11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. In order to hide the word in your heart, you got to get in the word. You have to spend time in God's word. He'll bring things to your remembrance. <laughs> Meaning there had to be some remembrance <laughs> to re-up on. Yeah. You can't remember something you've never known. Oh, God is so good. And there are other scriptures. There's a lot of time you can look at when Jesus walked the earth, how he would get up early in the morning. He would spend time with God. He was the word. He would spend time with God. He would find himself in the scripture. He found himself in the scripture. He did things purposefully 
to fulfill what the scripture said that he would do. He was purposeful. He knew who he was. And he still talked with God. Still did it. We must do the same things. We make a decision to be obedient to God's word. It's a choice. Now that word that you've read, that word that you have, you make a decision. Am I going to put faith in it? Am I going to trust in it? Am I going to believe it? Am I going to do it? There has been times in my life that God has told me things to do. And I say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. And didn't do it. There may have been one or two times the guy said, do this. <laughs> God ain't doing that. Because I don't want to. And whether you say you don't want to or you don't say you don't want to and you don't do it, it's still that you didn't want to. Because people do what they want to do and they don't do what they don't want to do. And no matter how many excuses you come up to, when the dust settles, why you ain't do that? Oh, because I ain't want to. Any excuse, and I know some people, an excuse is an acceptable reason for failure. But it's only acceptable to you. <laughs> like, okay, when I'm asked why you ain't do this, this is the excuse I'm going to give. Oh, that sounds good to me. It may not sound good to the person <laughs> who's holding you accountable for that. Because the acceptable part is acceptable to you. There's been times that my wife has asked me to do something. I say, okay. <laughs> She'll come back. Mike, did you do that? No. Why? Regardless of what excuse I gave, it was not acceptable to her. Let me try this one. Let me try this one. How about this one? How about that one? Sometimes she's just asking, I wouldn't say anything. Because I'm like, I'm out of gas either way. It don't matter what I say. She gonna shoot it down. <laughs> Tried to sit, stand to sit inside. Shot that down too. I'm like, ah, what is this? See, you gotta love it supernaturally, and that's what it is. That's like, that's one of the things that he did tell me. When she asked you to do something, just do it. When she, <laughs> when she asked you to do something, do it right then. And you know how many hundreds of times that she said that. Hundreds, probably by this time, thousands of times. Once God said, do it, it's like, oh, revelation. <laughs> oh, that's confirmation, God. Oh, you weren't listening to her. She's the, hey, I mean, sounds bad when you say she's the help. She helps me, and I also help her. It's not she is the help. We are partners in marriage. 
And I have to do my part. I have to do my part. But in saying that, though, we have to be obedient to the word that God has given us to what he's telling us to do. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. You're not fooling anybody else. You're not fooling anybody else. If someone took a piece of tape, wrote orange, and taped it on an apple, you're like, how stupid is this? No one's fooled. If you know what an apple is and you know what an orange is, you know that ain't it. But sometimes we walk around with stickers on our foreheads like we this. It's like, no, you ain't. Oh, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, no. One thing about fruit is it tells what the tree is. And I heard that recently. One thing about fruit is it tells what tree it is. If you plant a tree, you may not know what that tree is as it's small and it's growing, but once it develops and it begins to produce fruit, oh, you're gonna know exactly what the tree is based on the fruit that's growing from the tree. It's like, oh, that's a pecan tree. Not with oranges on it. That's an apple tree. Those look like peaches to me. So, we're saying these things about the word of God and the things of God, but we're not doing them? Deception. That's the worst type of deception. <laughs> You're deceiving yourself. John chapter 13, verse 35 By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye love one another. And that's what we're talking about, loving each other. Now, I can yell to the top of my voice, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, wear the shirts, have a big old cross, have the fish on my car, you know, passing out tracks, doing all of that stuff. And then they say, hmm. So, Mike, what you think about Vince? Oh, that no good. That joker. You know what he do? Let me tell you what he do. Oh, but I'm just letting you know because we're going to pray for him. <laughs> That's not lining up with how God says it. Well, do you know about Pastor Brian? Man, he, da 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 da. That's not love. Amen. That's not operating in love. Amen. You know about Ashley? What? Man, I got some news on Ashley. <laughs> oh, I'm about to tell it. I'm about to tell it. Miss Ashley is a psalmist to her heart. Yeah. 
Miss Ashley is a gift from God. And I am so grateful, thankful, and ecstatic that she is here at Revealing Truth Ministries Wesley Chapel. But any type of other conversation that's not edifying, not growing, not helping anyone for any reason. Oh, they always doing this, they're always saying that, they're always doing the other. If you need to talk to somebody, go talk to that person. Don't talk about them, talk to them. Go to them, have this conversation with them. Listen, these are some things that I've been seeing and since I love you and I got a relationship with you, I can come to you. Well, that's another thing. You can't be trying to correct folks you don't have a relationship with. You haven't put anything, you haven't put in time equity and love equity and sweat equity into that. It's like, oh, you ain't no good joke. I don't know you. You better. You better dip. You know, if you are seeing a situation like that, that you don't know that person that well, pray for them. If somebody try and bring you dirt, look at that. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. We going to pray and that's going to be that. But I just need, I got, I got to take, no, you don't. You told me all I needed to hear. What I need, what I've heard is that there's a need for something. And regardless of what you have to say about the situation, the Holy Spirit knows the situation. God knows the situation. So let's just come into agreement and pray that our brother and sister get it right. You see how quickly it diffuses a situation? Or they just walk off. And then you immediately pray for them. Because, I mean, bottom line is they need it. They need it. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Pastor Mike, that's from the Old Testament. The book of the law was God speaking to the people at that time. Now, in the new light of the New Testament, it's talking about the word. The word to God's people, meditate on it. Rehearse it. Talk to God about it. Meditate. Think on it. Think on these things. What would God do in this situation? What does God say about me when people are talking about me? 
What does God say about me when my friends are putting me down? What does God say about me when my mother and father are calling me names that I don't like? He's saying you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of his eye. You are loved with an everlasting love. That's what you tell yourself. That's what you remember. That's what you speak. Oh, you're not going to make it. God says, I'm with you always, even until the ends of the age. God say, I got you. I've declared, not only have I declared victory, I'm on the inside of you to make sure that that victory is complete. And manifestation. So he is with us, but we have to have to get in the word, have to speak the word, have to meditate on the word, have to think about the word, have to put the word in our hearts. Another thing, we must be led by the Holy Spirit. Obey what he tells us to do. There's been situations in my life where I'm planning on doing one thing, the Holy Spirit will say, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't find yourself in this. Don't put yourself in this situation. Don't do that. Don't listen to them. There was one time, Selena and I were getting ready to purchase a home. We had already, you know, we want a home. Selena definitely wanted a home. And a perfect opportunity just came. A person I know, like, Mike, man, you need to get you a house. I talked to this person. As soon as I hung up, as soon as I hung up, Holy Spirit said, listen to every single thing that that person tells you, but do no business with that person. And I told Shalita exactly what God told me. Person came over, listened to everything, went through everything, did not purchase a house through that person. And also, by the way, God had given Shalita a vision of how God, she drew the house out, drew the house out. And then when we got the house, it was the exact <laughs> drawing that Shalita had. Praise God for her. Yes. Listening to the Holy Spirit. Yes. But come to find out the person who's given us all of this information had went and did this with someone else. And took them for over $150,000. We have to listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. And there's been so many times in which I've seen why the Holy Spirit had told me to do something. There's other times in which the Holy Spirit had me do something. And I ask Why'd you have me do that? Because we're building on you hearing and doing. 
just because I wanted to tell you to do something and you do it. But we have to listen, have to listen. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse five. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. And it was talking about, you know, going from death to life, passing from mortality to immortality. He said, who also has who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee, as a deposit. So we have the Holy Spirit that God has given us. It's the deposit. It's like you put down, oh, I want to get this furniture or whatever. You put down a deposit or whatever. Basically, you know what that's saying? Oh, I'm going to come back and get that because I ain't going to let my money go to waste. God used something far greater he put the Holy Spirit on us as a deposit. He's basically saying, he mine, she mine. I've taken myself and put myself in them, so I am definitely have vested interest, and they are mine, and I'm definitely coming to get them. Amen? John 16, verse 13 and New King James Version says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, <coughs> but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Say what? I love this scripture, but this is one I'll be thinking about sometimes. He, who, Holy Spirit, will not speak of his own. He ain't saying no different opinions. Now, sometimes you get something from someone but they add in they two cent. Add a little salt and pepper on this. This is the situation. This is what's going on. But I think this is what mama told me to come tell you to do. And then you add a little more. Like the stuff you don't want to do. Oh, mama said, go wash the dishes and wash the clothes. Mama said for them to wash the dishes and you wash the clothes. But the Holy Spirit does not speak of his own. They are one. They are united. United front. God is not putting out, God the Father is not putting out something that God the Son is saying, you know what? Like that, day, but I got a little bit more to add on to it. Holy Spirit said, I got something else to add on to it also. And then you got this mess. They are unified. They are unified. They are unified to the point that Holy Spirit said he don't speak of his own. Does he have an opinion? I would guess. If it says he will not speak of his own. 
doesn't say he can't. It says he won't or he will not. But the whole point of the matter is, and that's not the focus. The focus is you're getting one message. Holy Spirit ain't, fi- I mean, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not fighting amongst themselves. I was having a conversation with Shalita. I was like, if God has told you specifically to do something, and somebody's coming against what God has told you specifically to do, it can't be of God. If you heard, if you heard, it can't be of God what they're coming combating you with. Because the Holy Spirit ain't gonna fight against itself. Just not. What would that, uh, what would that produce? Confusion. God is not the author of confusion. So it's not going to happen. Going back, tracking to John 14, verses 26, or verse 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said unto you. Once again, he's saying what Jesus said. He bringing things to your remembrance that you have put down in your heart. He is the helper. He is the most fantastic help ever. Ever. Because if he's helping and you're leaning, you should find success. You should find victory. God is victorious and he's given that to us. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we have prayed in our understanding and we've given, prayed, talked to God, everything that we know to say, the Holy Spirit can take over and we can lean on the Holy Spirit. It's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidence in speaking in tongues. We can speak in tongues those things that are mysteries to us. Why? Because we don't know what we're saying. Supernatural in and of itself. You're speaking. You don't know what, you don't know what in the world you're saying. But you're saying it because you know that it edifies you. You know that you're praying straight to God. You know there's nothing that the enemy could do. Because the only thing the enemy could do is just throw things at your head. Well, that's not a big deal because I don't know what I'm saying in the first place. So it's like if you're tossing things, trying to toss thoughts in your head. What difference does it make? I'm kind of in the dark like you. I don't know what I'm saying in my natural mind. But the Spirit is praying. Oh, and the Holy Ghost knows exactly what he's doing. He's helping you. He's helping others. He's praying a perfect prayer that the enemy can't. The only thing the enemy do is give you thoughts. Give you thoughts either in your head or by somebody else's mouth or by situations. That's the only thing the Holy Ghost, I mean, that's the only thing that the enemy can do. 
just toss those things out there. But when it comes to this, it's like, mm, can't think this one through because I don't know what in the world I'm saying anyway. There's nothing that can change as long as I kept, just keep on doing this. Answer's going to be made. So, can't stop it. And so with groanings, with words, you're praying, you're speaking in the Holy Spirit, in tongues, enemy can't stop it. And that's also a leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? <clears throat> Another way that we love others supernaturally is that when it comes to people and things are coming at you, thoughts are coming at you, you know what you do? You reject those thoughts that go against loving others supernaturally. Amen? Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So you can't take those thoughts, throw them out. No, I love my sister. I'm not going to have those thoughts. She is a woman of God, a child of the Most High, and I love her. And for that matter, I'm about to pray for her. Holy Spirit, what, what else do you want me to do? Yeah. I'm going to bake her a cake. Well, me personally, I ain't going to bake a cake because you don't want it. That would be. <laughs> Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Don't let jump, don't let mess just come. Don't let people tell you stuff. Don't continue to think on things that are negative concerning people, especially your brothers and sisters, but just people in general. Just don't be filled with the filth, with the dirt, all of that. It, it becomes a burden to you. James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Have to operate in patience. Devil, leave me alone. He ain't went nowhere. Consistency. Patience. Not patience with the enemy, but just consistently, consistency and patience that the word works. Once you have done these things, you will begin to see the fruit of what you've been believing God for. When you're doing these things, you're putting yourself in a position that you'll see fruit grow in your life, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 Starting in verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
I was thinking about that last scripture. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If you're living in the spirit, wouldn't you always also walk in the spirit? <laughs> God say, people say they're living in the spirit, but they walk. <laughs> it does not line up. So for the people that's living in the spirit in word only, if your walk not lining up with your life, you need to make it so. But it says the fruit of the spirit is love. So if the fruit is growing in your life, then you are loving supernaturally. You are loving others supernaturally. That's one. That's the first thing that's named. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Listen, in this walk, in this life, in who we are, it is all predicated upon love. God is love. Everything he does is from a position of love. For God so loved the world that he gave. We would not be in right standing or right relationship with him if he didn't love us. It says while we were yet in sin, while we were dead to him, he sent Christ to die for an ungodly. Because of Jesus' love, we weren't thinking about him. He said, I'll do it. I'll take on the sins of the whole world. Says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Why? He knew he would have relationship with us. He loves us. Everything is built from love. In other areas of the Bible, it says faith works by love. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So without love, it's impossible to please God. At the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest? Amen. Jesus was our example. Chapter John, verse 12, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Jesus did plenty of works, mighty works. You know what the greatest work that Jesus did? Love us. But be, because of that love, he died on the cross. Because of that love, he became a sacrifice for all of us. He's telling us to do the same thing. Love others. 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Amen? One of the things that was also covered, one of the things that God gave me, it's been covered quite a bit, is we must forgive. We must forgive. Um, the scripture, and it was funny, but it was eye-opening the way he gave it to me. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22 in the King James Version says, Then Peter 
came to him, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times, Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. I was gotta got that and I kinda I laugh and say, that many? And for me, type of person I am, and those of you that know me kind of well, kind of straightforward. Just don't beat around the bush. This is what it is, straightforward. And so that's how God talks to me also, because he knows how he made me. I was saying, man, that's quite a few times. He was like, do you know how many times I had to forgive you? Point taken, end of that discussion, moving right along. With that being said, that is it for today. I pray you have been blessed. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.